This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is the 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Oh yeah, we're on disc number 24 already. Who would have known it? There we are, already here. And we're looking at a movie I have been counting down for quite some time on the list. This is Beyond the Darkness by the legendary late great Joe D'Amato. And we're going to get into that movie after the first break. But before we get to that, some updates. So yeah, as you may or may not be aware, depending on how actively you follow podcasts under the stairs, since we came back at the beginning of the month, we are now doing alternate weeks of 88 Films reviews. So this week, you're getting your 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. And next Sunday, we will continue our look at the Slasher Classics. And We're doing this number two in a week's time, and we'll be looking at Mother's Day. That is right, Mother's Day already up. Looking forward to that one as well. Haven't seen that in a... Oh yes, years. I was trying to calculate how many years, and then I realised that's a futile task. Uh, many, many, many years, and um, yeah, it's going to be fun to get through those movies, as well as juxtapose them with some Italian nonsense in between. So yeah, every Sunday now, you're getting an 88 Films review. On one week, you'll be getting Italian Collection, and the following week, Slasher Classics, moving forward for 2019. Now, it's... No mean feat to have reached disc number 22. It means that we have been doing this series of reviews. I haven't missed one, and I've come out one every two weeks. It means we've been doing these now for, what, that's 48 weeks? Almost a whole year of doing the Italian Collection series. And I feel better for having done it. Um, I know that there is quite a few on the list I had not seen before and rounding off my knowledge of Italian 70s and 80s genre stuff has, has, been, has been a fruitful experience. But every now and again you get to talk about a movie so fucking bonkers your brain melts. And that's today's for sure. Now the podcast on this, this is closing out a four episode week. That's right, four episodes for all y'all out there. And um, it's been a... It's been a fucking great week, let's be honest. We kicked it off with In Reverence with Ending Movie Club as part of Challenge Teapot's January 2019 where we sat down and listened to your worst movie viewings of 2018. And then, on Saturday, yesterday that is, we launched out our Escape Room review. Brand new movie hitting the UK next week. And my review is now out there and you can hear what I think of it. And then closing it out with this. Next week, we are bringing the fucking thunder. We start off tomorrow with John Carpenter January, two fantastic guests, Liam Rafferty joining me for Assault Precinct 13, Andy Blockley joining me for Big Trouble in Little China, and then we will uh, be back on Wednesday with a review of the new Nicholas Pesh movie, which is Piercing, which is just coming out, so get on that 
hoped you enjoyed Eyes of My Mother. It's a slightly different turn, but the source material was written by the did did audition, so you know what I mean when I say that. We've all seen audition. It's wickedly funny, deeply deeply stylish, and uh, I kind of loved it. So yeah, we're going to be talking about that on Wednesday. On Thursday, it's the 31st of January, so we're closing out the month. We are basically sitting there and saying, guess what? Guess what, folks? Um, this was January. This is what we did. This is what's happening in the world of horror. This is what was announced movie-wise, what came out in the cinema, what Blu-rays are coming, and some horror news. It's like a, a massive hodgepodge of an entire month. We're going to do that at the end of every single month moving forward. So that one drops on Thursday the 31st. And then we continue pushing things on. We will be swinging to you ladies and gents um, a review of Mother's Day on Sunday so yeah another four episodes next week uh, February is stacked as well so on that first episode in February I will list out what is coming and as always I'll keep you up to date on the Facebook group page facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast um, as to what is upcoming in February turns of shit bringing back the Russian roulette franchise retrospective with Ryan Lewis's pick of the evil dead so get yourself ready for that okay let's get into this one this is going to be a super short episode because i don't think we can do justice in a review form to beyond the darkness so we might as well just get through this quick and then all sit and hush silence in a dark room trying to process what we've witnessed so you're going to hear promos for shows that i love you're going to hear the trailer for beyond the darkness this number 24 in the 88 films italian collection series when i come back i'm reviewing that movie right after this Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. If you are easily frightened, we advise you not to watch this film. On the other hand, if you enjoy the violent emotions, this film is for you. Body three times, cursed pain and torture first. Body in a crypt, but 
Bloody hell, fire dipped. Body ringing bell, body into hell. No one's life you save. Crumble in your grave. Where did you hide her? In a safer place than in your truck. Sometimes I could kill you, Iris. Just once. I want you to make love to me before I die. You mustn't speak like that. Death has no power to separate us. You swore you'd never come back into this room again. I want to stay here alone with my mother. Frank, your mother's dead. So is Anna. She was in this area. Did you see anyone then? No. Who are you? Police. If you enjoy the violent emotions, this film is for you. Welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for disc number 24 of the 88 Films Italian Collection series. We are looking at Beyond the Darkness. Now according to the 88 Films website, here's the blurb, it says... God bless the late and dearly missed Joe D'Amato. Not only did the censor-beating Svengali of Sleaze give us such video-nasty masterpieces as Absurd from 1981 and Anthropopicus from 1980, as well as the sexploitation classic 11 Days, 11 Nights from 1987, he also unleashed one of Euro Horror's grisliest gore fests in 1979, frequently censored Beyond the Darkness. Focusing on a psycho-styled story of a young lover under the authority of his besotted but bloodthirsty matriarch who enjoys bouts of human taxidermy, bodily mutilation and cannibalism, this crimson-ridden splatter caper might just be D'Amato's crowning achievement. Starring the legendary Cinzia Morel uh, from the Beyond as a beautiful blonde who's lured into the killer's premise, Beyond the Darkness also features a sublime score from prog rocker's Goblin and a sick but nonetheless satisfying sense of humour. Also known as Buried Alive, this D'Amato classic is finally making its UK HD premiere uncut and uncensored from 88 films. Um, special features are a restored 2K from original 16mm negative, the LPCM English audio, LCPM Italian audio with newly translated English subtitles, 
Omega Rising, remembering Joe D'Amato, a feature-length documentary looking at the legendary career of the notorious filmmaker, featuring interviews with Michelle or Mikel Suave, George Eastman, Rosella Drudy, Carlo Mercado, uh, and more. It runs approximately 68 minutes. A trailer, Italian opening and closing credits, and Beyond the Darkness locations then and now. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I will say that I, I did manage to troll through all the special features. Do love it when they shove a little doc in there. The documentary is kind of great. It's great seeing George Eastman in his older age and Mikel Suave, etc, etc. Lots of really good stories as well. Some stuff from D'Amato himself talking about how he just ripped off people, which I love the honesty. He's like, yeah, I just ripped off that. And we were like, yeah, that's fine. We can live with that. Um, so yeah, Beyond the Darkness from 1979 uh, went through a series of issues in terms of when it would be released and how many times it was released. Uh, technically a remake of The Third Eye, which is also an Italian film. I think it's got Franco Nero. I really should have done my research on that before starting. Um, but a, a remake as in kind of shares a similar plot, but nothing even remotely near uh, the, the quality of that movie at all. This one's totally fucking different. Um, it's also worth saying as well, this movie was re-released and re-released and re-released and re-released. Um, loads and loads. It took, what, about six years to get released in America under, under the name Buried Alive. And... Yeah, it didn't do very well. It also was loosely passed off as a remake to the Evil Dead movies. I think maybe it's Evil Dead 3. Uh, also in Spain, it was released as uh, in their house series. Uh, and in Mexico, it was released as part of the zombie series of movies. So, uh, zombie flesh years, etc, etc, etc. So, as part of all that as well. So, it's done the rims, um, which a lot of these movies do, to be fair. Uh, there's a couple of quotes on Wikipedia which made me chuckle, uh, like really, really hardly chuckle. One of them is uh, a r- rumoured on production that working with the Matto, actress Frank Stoppy recalled him saying on set that we're making a movie to make people throw up. We must make them vomit. Uh, which, it, it didn't quite do that to me, but I could see where people would hurl if they had to. Um, so yeah, let's... Let's kind of get into the plot. The plot is fucking bonkers. Like, absolutely bonkers. Um, so much so that even the listed plot synopsis on some websites bears a passing resemblance. Kinda. Um, but not fully to what actually happens in the movie. But it's kind of crux. We have this taxidermist whose um, fiance dies. Uh, and he kind of uses some sort of fluid, I think reanimator-esque, to, <laughs> um, to inject her and then steals the corpse. Okay, so maybe a preservative, maybe some sort of secret serum, who knows. Uh, it's weird in that we see that Frank's kind of mother slash person that keeps his house in order uh, stabs a voodoo doll. Uh, which we insinuate kills uh, Frank's fiance. Maybe it's never explained. We don't need to explain it um, at all. Like even this movie relies on you not trying to work out what's happened. So Frank digs up the body, brings her back, kind of goes about cutting her up and making her um, into a taxidermy doll, uh, which he 
is going to continue to keep. But it turns out that all this kind of digging up corpses and all the rest really is kind of set off a little kinky spark, which he didn't know that he had before. Um, and in between Iris, his mother, who, if she's not breastfeeding him, she's giving him a, a tug, if you know what that means, you know, uh, ripping the head off it. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that gives a bit more. Um, like she, she's all over him in a, a, a sexual way, which is wholly uncomfortable to watch in this movie. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's trying to settle him down, but Frank's kind of now got this kind of Ed Gein-esque thirst for blood and um, starts meeting women, bringing them back uh, and kind of torturing them and killing them. Um, Iris is helping them get rid of the bodies, but she's no saint either. Um, there's a great scene where Frank's out and about, as you do, uh, and this jogger, I think she's supposed to like go over her, her ankle or she pulls a muscle or something, and he just invites her back, and of course, they have sex, just as you do, pick up a jogger, have sex, um, and they're, they're getting right down into it, like right down into it, until she realises that in the bed next to them, his, uh, his taxidermy ex-fiancé is lying there, which, believe it or not, doesn't put her in the mood anymore, and so they have this huge fight, and Frank kind of turns to cannibalism at this part. So we've got necrophilia, we've got cannibalism, we've got murder, um, we've got shitloads all going on in this movie as Goblin plays in the background. Um, then we get like it's kind of spiraling out from this. You know, Iris is still helping them get rid of the bodies. Uh, they invite a kind of elderly person over, and it kind of looks like we're going a certain way where maybe this is going to lead to the whole plan being rumbled, but it doesn't quite. And Frank's out and about, and he discovers uh, Anna's body, um, which is kind of weird. He's not entirely sure what happens there, and then decides that his way to get over that is to go and you know go to a disco, nineteen yeah, seventies disco, uh, and yeah, it's it kind of he looks like he's going to get another woman to take home and murder, but you know we we then find out that Anna has a twin sister out of nowhere, like, whew, this, like, like massive twist. Uh, I think her name's Elena. Or is it Helena? I can't remember. Anyway, she shows up. Um, of course, she finds a corpse, and that makes her pass out. And Iris comes across Elena, goes to kill her, but Frank intervenes. I think it's because Frank thinks it's Anna. Maybe it isn't. I'm not entirely sure. But they have this huge fight where he gets his cock stabbed, um, she fucking goes for his eye, I think she takes her eye out, um, but Frank ultimately kills Iris, and um, goes down, incinerates his fiancée's body, so he can be with Elena, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, but as all this is happening, you know, like uh, the, one of the funeral home people show up, and, you know, Frank dies. I mean, that's going to happen anyway. Uh, so the funeral home employee thinks it's Anna's body, which is kind of this nice little twist, uh, returns it to the funeral home because he's going to bury it. And that's the point that Elena wakes up. 
and she pushes open the, the, the coffin and then we get this massive scream in there where it's finished so to outside bystanders they think that Anna has come back from the grave but it's actually the twins sister you have a twin sister yeah it's a twin sister uh, the movie's fucking bonkers, right? I've raced through that because there's no one scene in here that you can actually sit and and try and dissect. It is a catalogue of the macabre. It is a, a, a movie that is sautéed in so many different wrong sauces. It's a movie that shouldn't hold together because it is so mismatched and pieces of this go somewhere and most stories are not fully realised and it's kind of playing off Ed Gein and it's playing off Psycho and it's touching into real life serial killer stuff that was coming out at the time um, all under the guise of the Third Eye remake kinda it's it's a mess of a movie to, to, to put it bluntly Um the gore effects are fucking brilliant though they really put a bit of time to try and make you by this standard, by 79 standards it's really 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 well done um, but it's pushing every conceivable taboo and good taste in cinema to the edge and beyond um, it's like Joe D'Amato takes a sledgehammer to put in a nail uh, it's, it's so far over the top for what a movie like this should be that I get the feeling that he was just trying to create the most vile thing he could. And like I say, it shouldn't hold up. Weirdly, this is my second viewing of this movie. I've not seen it in several years, but the movie does hold up and it really works together in that if you try and scrutinise what's passing by your eyeballs, um, you will struggle with this movie. But when you sit down and let it wash all over you, um, it is just a collection of wonderfully horrid scenes. Um, the score is brilliant Goblin deliver another memorable score rumour has it that some of the music that was actually created would be used in other projects that came afterwards which wouldn't surprise me but it shouldn't work, this movie really shouldn't work and I think it kind of does I, I found myself just giggling at how over the top the whole movie was from start to finish. It's like burial ground when you're watching that movie and you're just like, what the fuck is going on here and why are we doing this and who is this actor and why does he look like a man and why is he playing a kid? And when you roll with these movies, I think there's something kind of special about them. Um, it's not a movie I could heartily recommend to anyone who is not a fan of Italian genre cinema and even then I would have to shove some caveats in there to say by the way um, you need to kind of be into Fulci and D'Amato to even begin to sit and watch this one but don't even like Fulci's linear narrative is more cohesive than D'Amato's is in this movie so it's worth taking that into account as well and on top of all that I think what the big kind of takeaway from watching this movie is is that D'Amato was a really interesting, if not completely incoherent filmmaker. I think at times his inconsistencies may be to his credit. Like where you get like certain directors that are on a tear, on a run of these phenomenal movies. Filchi's always the great example of that where, you know, he's doing great stuff. I mean, stuff that I dearly love. But it's not until he finds his audience, really 
with zombie flesh eaters and then runs with a tear through his Gates of Hell trilogy, The Black Cat. You know, when he's starting to do all these movies, that's when people start to take notice of him. And D'Amato, in a lot of respects, is kind of similar. I mean, from sitting back and watching something uh, like Beyond the Darkness, in the next two years he will put out Anthropopagus, which certainly is the more refined version of this movie, for sure. A lot of these techniques in the gore capacity, intestinal munching, etc., is all carried over. So you've got that as well, right? So you've got this, and then the following year he does Absurd, a movie that I dearly love as well. So, I mean, he had this little run of three years where everything just meshed up and just became great for him. I mean, that's not to belittle the rest of his career. He did some cannibal stuff that's worth checking out as well. And I, I never really went too far into his erotica, but he did a lot of that as well. So it's weird. It's one of those ones where I don't think it's his best movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think you could say it's definitely his most horrific movie. But it's kind of like this is the precursor to what you're going to get in Anthropopagus and Absurd. It's like he's testing the template out on what he can do, what he can't do, what he can get away with in this movie, only to be... Um, usurped with the two following movies which are infinitely better movies than this um, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great movie to revisit I can't wait to give it like a bit of breathing room again and come back and view it one more time and check it what I think um, I'm going to score it pretty high as well I'm going to give this one a 4 out of 5 on the Netflix scale rating I really like this one like I say I don't think it's as good as Anthropopagus it certainly is nowhere near as good as Absurd which is a movie that every time I watch just gets better and better but one worth checking out nonetheless so there we go it felt rushed it felt like we hardly hardly got into it but to be honest it's a movie that can you deep dive beyond the darkness and are you a better reviewer for doing that I don't know those are two questions I'm going to shove out there for you guys to consider and answer I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, I'm closing it out right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been our 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews looking at disc number 24, Beyond the Darkness by Joe DeMatto from 1979. There we go. Uh, We have, like I said at the start of this episode, alternating 88 Films collections running now. Uh, We will be looking at the next instalment of our Slasher Classics a week today. That'll be disc number two for Mother's Day. And then we will return a week after that. So two weeks from now to look at disc number 25 in the 88 Films Italian collection. That is Syndicate Sadists. And if we take a look at the Blurb on the 88 Films website, it says, Mention the name Umberto Lenzi, and chances are folk will rattle off the flip, the flesh-ripping frenzy of Nightmare City or Cannibal Ferox. But for Lenzi himself, there was no genre that proved too much for his directorial prowess, not least the distinctively Italian style of the crime flick. Um, boasting a taut script by Vincenzo Manino, who uh, did House on the Edge of the Park, featuring Hollywood icon Joseph Cotton from The Thin Man as a scheming mafioso, Lenzi's Syndicate Sadists is a potent example of the dexterous Tuscan's journeyman's compelling thriller work, a fabulous concoction of eye-watering violence and white-knuckle thrills. As an ex-cop, 
played by Thomas Milan from The Cynic, The Rat and The Fist, seeks retribution against two warring mafia families after his brother is killed during a kidnap investigation. With hints of The Godfather, Yoyimbo and even Rambo, Milan had even picked up a copy of David Morell's novel in the airport. Syndicate Sadis finally makes its UK bow on a lip-smackingly gorgeous Blu-ray from 88 Films, whose Italian collection is your first stop for classic Euro capers that demand rediscovery. The special features are restored from the original camera negative, English LPCM audio with newly created English subtitles, uh, remembering Rambo, an interview with Umberto Lenzi, uh, Mike Malloy on Syndicate Sadists and a reversible sleeve with the original art work. So that's what will be coming in two weeks time, taking a break from them kind of cannibal necrophilic movies and jumping back into the worlds of the Polisitishi, um, which I'm fairly sure is not pronounced right, but that's where we're going anyway. So looking forward to that two weeks today and next week, like I said, returning with Mother's Day, disc number two of the 88 films slasher classic series. There are tons of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs. I say check us out on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the feed and leave us a rating and a review. It helps us on that platform. You can check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play and the TuneIn app. Visit our website, it's tputzcast.com and you can support the show by buying merch, stuff um, and money and all that shit. comes back to support what we do by going to tputzcast.bigcartel.com. You can go to Facebook and follow us there. If you like interacting with other listeners, go to our group page. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. If you just want to know when the shows are dropping and check out the occasional Thursday Thursday live stream, then why not jump across to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. You can interact with myself on the twin prongs of social media sex. And this Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputzcast. There we go. The podcast under the stairs will return tomorrow with John Carpenter January. Reviews of Assault and Precinct 13 and Big Trouble in Little China with guests Liam Rafferty from Scotland Liam vs. Evil and my good buddy Andy Blockley. But until then, whatever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Thank you.